Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always is some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid stacy how are you i'm doing great tom i'm gonna ask you this question stacy and i know i'm gonna get a different answer do you get a haircut I did. I, I saw pictures. <laughs> you saw pictures. <laughs> yes, there's documented proof that I got a haircut. And what are you drinking today? And uh, do we still have the Frankenstein mug? We do. Very nice. There he is. And it's still just water. It's still just water. I think it's As far fun. as you know. As far as I know. Mikey, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing excellent tonight and I am drinking a ginger beer. A ginger beer? Which ginger beer? It's a Bundaberg. Bundaberg's a good ginger beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not root beer. Don't drink the root beer. Oh, the yeah. root beer's fucking god-awful. Ugh. Licorice and root beer? What are you, fucking monsters? <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, you're such an expert. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, uh, I'm drinking a nice uh, honey-filled IPA from Treehouse. Uh, not surprisingly called Honey. It's delicious. It looks, it looks good. It's got a nice color to it. And see that mason jar up there? It looks nice. Tommy, how are you, my brother, and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I am drinking Old Camp whiskey. Uh, I went to my liquor store, and I looked for whiskey from Georgia, and the nearest that I could find was Old Camp whiskey, which was created by the uh, Florida and Georgia Line country duo, uh, and that was the closest I could get to a whiskey from Georgia at my liquor store. So I'm drinking Old Camp whiskey. I can tell it's smooth because the bottle tells me so. Uh, other than that, the burning sensation that I get when I drink it doesn't indicate it's smooth, but the bottle tells me it's smooth, so I know it's smooth. How are you doing, Tom? What are you Good. doing? And remember, are you going to believe your lying tongue or your lying eyes? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing great. I'm drinking Santoro whiskey. Santoro whiskey. Uh, from Japan. I wanted to get as far away from Mitch McConnell. Santoro whiskey is happiness. Yeah. Santoro whiskey is happiness. It's not bad. It's got a weird aftertaste. Now, I'm not sure if I like it or not, but if I drink enough of it, I love it. And the it's, weird aftertaste is actually them believing that Roger Moore was a better Bond than Sean Connery. That's the strange aftertaste, yeah. Is that it? Because it's, it's yeah, bitter in it my is. mouth. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I see my good friend Tommy has some, some Totoro over there, too. Because uh, we've been uh, we've been eschewing a lot of whiskeys, uh, especially those that come from Mitch McConnell's home state. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Black Label isn't made there. Speaking of Black Label, we're talking about Black Label Comics today from the DC Universe. Uh, this is something I really had to research a little bit, so I'm going to let uh, someone else kind of take the lead a little bit more. We'll jump around, but I do have a couple of good, I, th- I hope good questions 
uh, about uh, your ideas of what the black label adult line is in the DC universe versus the Marvel universe. Cause I see them as very different. So Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about black label? So years and years ago, DC decided that they wanted to create an adult line of comics that would be outside of continuity. So it would give the writers creative uh, control of the properties and they could do whatever they wanted with the characters and it wouldn't affect any ongoing storylines or sales. Hence Vertigo was created and some of the best DC comics ever, like the Sandman and uh, came out of the Vertigo series, more adult line. But as the years went by, they decided to drop the Vertigo label. And then in 2018, they said, you know what? We want to bring it back, but Vertigo was its own thing. We're going to come back and we're going to call it DC Black Label. And all it means is anytime you go and see a DC comic, uh, if it has the DC Black Label on it, it means, one, it is geared for adults, and two, it is out of continuity. So what you're reading doesn't fall into what all the other comics may or may not be. That being said, it is a pretty much a who's who of writers who get – to do stories they never were allowed to do when they were actually writing uh, or drawing in the comics. Uh, For example, like uh, Scott Snyder has a series called Batman Last Night on Earth. Um, Brian Azzarello also wrote Batman, has the Batman Dam series, which was the first Black Label series uh, and the first uh, series to feature the Batawang which we talked about uh, in depth when that came out. We talk uh, about the battle wing a lot. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who weren't listening to us back then or don't remember, uh, his cock came out in the comic. I did not even realize it. I read the comic, and then I heard about it online, and I was like, what? I had to go looking for it, which once I found it, it was, it was hard to miss, but uh, – <laughs> Uh, well, he's pounding a ten-penny nail into a two-by-four. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> anywho, so uh, like Frank Miller goes around uh, has Superman Year One. Um, you know, Jeff Lemire has a couple series, uh, just on the Joker, but also on the Question and Batman. Um, you've got. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick doing a, a series. Jeff Johns doing the series. Tom King loves it. He's doing not only Batman and Catwoman, but he's also doing Strange Adventures in the Rorschach series. And they've got little sub-labels of the DC Black Label. For example, Hill House Comics and uh, the Murphyverse. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about Joe the Barbarian, and we ranted and raved how we loved Sean Murphy's artwork. Well, he has a whole series of Batman books called The White Knight. And it's a reimagining of Batman, and he's able to do whatever he wants with the Batman mythos. And there's no problem because, you know, these are all self-contained stories. So they don't mind having Batman, you know be the bad guy in the the book and the Joker be the good guy. 
Yeah, so it's a a series of interesting adult-oriented comics. Yeah, just as a quick twitch in my mind, when you said Batman Damned, all I could think of was Jean-Claude von Batman Damned. That's what I heard, too. Okay. I heard Batman Damned, you know? I was like, wait, I was like, is this a whole thing where Jean-Claude von Batman Damned is Batman? I'm in. I mean, I'd watch that. Oh, I'd watch that. Oh, Josh would watch oh, all of them except for Time Cop Batman. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Booster Gold. That's Booster Gold. <laughs> uh, one thing that I liked about the Black Label series is it didn't give artists free reign. They could do whatever they want, uh, and they weren't constrained by the universe itself or by what we normally see in comic books because uh, of the adult editions. Uh, I didn't see too many of those artists using the adult content um, that much. It doesn't seem like something that interested people as much as they were interested in, uh, you know, putting Batman as the bad guy and the Joker's the good guy or, or things like that, or having romantic interest between characters that we've never seen before. Um, so I thought that's what was the lure of this. And uh, that being said, I like the idea, but I never thought it uh, would really work very well because it was out of continuity. Uh, so one of the things, uh, the Batman, gold, uh, the Golden Child, once uh-huh. I realized that was not a Batman slash Golden Child mashup, I was like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I, I totally read the Golden Child. I was all, I was like digging into comicsology looking for this thing, and I was like, wait a minute. I want the battle. I want the battle wing. Yeah. So. The reason why we're doing this podcast is because Seth Myers from the WhosNextGaming.com was on last week when we were doing our Wonder Woman review. We asked him what he'd like us to talk about. He said, I'd like you to talk about Black Label because he's been reading all the Black Label comics. And the comics themselves, sometimes they're regular size comics. Sometimes they're the magazine size. But I would say that these are actually some really good series. Now, not every series is going to be a winner, but just about every one that I've read has been excellent. I can't think of one offhand that I was like, yeah, this isn't just isn't for me. Uh, so we all read a couple of series at least. Um, let's talk about those and let's, why don't we just do kind of a round Robin and somebody talk about one of the comics they read. Sure. Okay, I'll uh, start. I'll yeah, start. please do. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, spoilers, read... by the way. Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah, everyone, yeah. spoilers for every series. Every series spoilers we're going to talk about, we're spoiling the shit out of it. Um, so, I read Wonder Woman Dead Earth by Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, I picked this one up for two reasons. Uh, one, because Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. I love alternate stories about Wonder Woman where she's not beholden to some of the things that I don't always like in her continuity, like how sometimes Wonder Woman stories become Batman stories and I'm a little tired of Batman right now, uh, or they become Superman stories where I, I like ones where it's like, let's talk about Wonder Woman and it's a little bit different. Um, the other reason I picked it up is I'm a huge fan of Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he's done a lot of creator owned titles. Um, there's one called space mullet, uh, one called extremity. There's a couple others. Uh, he's also done a couple of things that he sells at cons. Um, he did 
a just a little format, um, like zine format, one shot comic about uh, General Martok. Uh, if you're familiar with Martok, he also did one called Green Leader, which was a Star Wars story about uh, one of the the Green Leader pilot uh, from Return of the Jedi. And it is a very short comic, but it's a beautiful story. I highly recommend both of them, though. Martok, Martok and Green Leader are two of my favorite things I've picked up at cons. And he's a really nice guy. So that helps. Um, so Wonder Woman Dead Earth is a story where uh, essentially the Earth is exactly what it says. It's it's dead. Um Wonder Woman wakes up. She doesn't really know what's happened. The earth is pretty much scorched at this point. Um, there she meets a, a kind of a gang of probably, I would say teenagers. Um, they, she doesn't really know what's going on. They, you know, they ask for some help. They run into what they've been calling a Hydra. Uh, and it turns out it's a mutated creature, um, very deadly that attacks them. Um, and uh, I, I was going to say hilarity ensues from there. It's not hilarity. It's uh, <laughs> violence and death ensues from there. Um, I would say this is one that successfully follows the, the format of, um, of the black label. Uh, it is incredibly violent in places. Um, there's a lot of, images of of wonder woman slashing things with a sword uh it's kind of like me when i play dnd i'm always um slashing things in two uh because i am a barbarian my character's a barbarian um cheetah shows up um they run into essentially this community that is run by a guy who's not super nice you know kind of a mad max scenario um we find out that the two main characters that in the group that she's with, um, it's a a girl named D and a guy named Tall. D has a sister, a younger sister, uh, that she's trying to make sure she gets food to. Um, as the story progresses, you find out that actually it's Wonder Woman that has caused all of this destruction. Um, her mother, Hippolyta, is very upset about. Diana helping man's world. Um, they sort of say, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to follow man's law, whatever. Uh, Earth, <laughs> Earth overreacts or the America overreacts really uh, and sends nukes to, uh, to their Island. And turns out the hydras are actually mutated Amazons. And Diana has to make this choice between, do I honor my mother who is causing this attack or do I make things right for the humans? Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a very violent story. Uh, it's a very sad story. She, Diana realizes that she killed Superman, um, because she's so powerful in this, in this particular story. Um, but it's also ultimately a story of kind of the things that we talked about when we talked about Wonder Woman, um, when we reviewed uh, WW84, um, that idea of sacrifice and choosing the right thing versus the thing you want um, and, and not being able to have both. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I spoiled some things, but uh, I still think it's worth a read. The art is uh, different. It's it's not your your typical comics fair um, 
which is one of the things I like about it because I, I think sometimes the comics art, uh, especially in like regular DC books, is a little too generic. Um, this is definitely not, but yeah, I, I highly recommend picking up picking it up. It's four issues. Uh, it's a really fun, thoughtful read. Um, and I also read one issue of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. If you're familiar with Amanda Connor uh, and her work on Harley Quinn or Power Girl, uh, it's it's a lot of the same. If you've read any of the series that she's worked on before, um, it's amped up a little bit. So if you're more of a fan of her uh, Amanda Connor's work, like The Pro, um, you will definitely like it. I, I enjoyed the issue that I read. Um, I will probably pick up the trade at some point or at least read the trade because uh, I had fun reading it. But after reading uh, Dead Earth, it, it didn't compare. So uh, as much as I love Amanda Connor, I was like, no, I'm glad I read Wonder Woman instead. All right. Josh, how about you, brother? Uh, so I've kind of delved into the uh, the Joe Hill series. Uh, what are they called, Mike? Uh, Hill House. The, the Hill House. So the Hill House comics. And the first one I read uh, is authored by Joe Hill. It's uh, The artwork is by Stuart uh, Eminen. And it was only released in uh, February of 2020. It went digital this past November. So it's a pretty recent book. It's called Plunge. Uh, so essentially a a massive uh, technology conglomerate loses a research vessel 40 years ago, and then there's a tsunami uh, uh, in the Arctic, near the, uh, near the Arctic Circle near Russia, and their research vessel pops up with its, uh, its distress beacon, and they think they only get the distress beacon about 10 to 15 minutes a day, right around noon, so they think the vessel has been upended so that its solar panels are now facing the sky. And so that's the only reason why they, they're able to find it now. So they, they hire a sort of a, a less than reputable salvage company, a salvage crew to go check out the vessel. And of course, they send along one of their scientists and, uh, and one of their business guys. So it's, uh, it's, it's sort of alien-esque in its launch pad. And uh, and Joe Hill uh, doesn't disappoint in being close enough to a traditional storyline that we all recognize it, and just enough twists to make it Joe Hill interesting. So they do a very good job. Uh, so they show up. It's forty years later, and with no surprises, the crew somehow is mysteriously still alive, and the uh, the scientists as well as the salvage guys and the guy, of course, is the, the money-grubbing bastard uh, businessman. I'll have to sort of sort out the, uh, the end of the world in, uh, in, in, in very few pages. So I really I, – I, I was very intrigued by the art here. Uh, Eminent does a really good job of, of pulling you into panels with things that are both uh, – horrible but serene he does like some some fantastic like just backdrops and then and and then just pulls you in with amazing gore and violence that is it's pretty striking and joe hill does some good writing here it's only six issues uh the whole thing's on comiXology if you want to buy the trade for like 12 or 13 bucks it's definitely worth the read I, i'll try to not spoil as much as possible but plunge it's it's a it's a story you'd expect with just enough difference to make it 
very readable, and the artwork's pretty fantastic. I would say if you're if you're a horror guy and you like lock and key and you like sort of that uh, sort of uh, you know that if you like horror comics, yeah, just go get go get plunge. And, All right, that that sounds like a good Rick. And for those of you who are not aware, Joe Hill wrote one of our favorite horror series ever, Lock and Key. Um, and he's also wrote horror novels, uh, with, uh, like The Heart Shaped Box, etc. He's not a he's he's not a stranger to comics, but he's not a stranger to horror either. So he, his whole series are they're all horror books, but they're all kind of different horror books. So I, I look forward to uh, checking out Plunge. Yeah, it was good. And yeah, of course, if, if our folks don't know, uh, Joe Hill is Stephen King's kid. And he does a very admirable job of keeping that under wraps and trying to make his uh, and has tried to make his literary career on his own steam. Uh, I'd, I didn't know until I don't know, I was three quarters of the way through Lock and Key before I found out he was Stephen King's kid. So his um, endings are better than his dad's. I'll give him it's that. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't give up and like, yeah. I already cashed the check. Yes, sign up. You end up lunch. It's not a giant spider. Carry on. <laughs> Hooray! I haven't made one with a lamp monster yet. So how about one with a lamp monster? Whatever, Stephen. Just make it eight hundred pages, yeah. and we'll read it. Tommy, did you give us one already? I, I kind of zoned out for a second. Uh, no. Um, uh, one that I'd like to talk about is a Joker Killer Smile by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, in this book. Uh, it's a typical Joker story at the start where the Joker's in Arkham Asylum. He's being uh, trying to be treated by a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist is being told, oh, you just have a couple more weeks with the Joker. And he's like, no, I think I can cure him. I think I can cure him because psychiatrists always think they can cure the Joker, and yet nobody can cure the Joker. And it continues on, and as the story progresses, you are led to believe that the psychiatrist is being affected by the Joker and that the psychiatrist is becoming insane by his experiences with the Joker. And then as more and more time goes on, the psychiatrist supposedly breaks the Joker out of Arkham and is going to attack his estranged wife and child with the Joker. And of course, Batman comes to aid and saves him. And later, it upends the whole story because Batman, Bruce Wayne, is in Arkham with the psychiatrist next to him. And Bruce Wayne is treated at Arkham. And he's like, Bruce Wayne is just like, I'm Batman. And, and the, the, the guard's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, Get me, get me, Jim Gordon. I can straighten this out. I can, I can fix this. And he's like, you won't be able to see Gordon until tomorrow. He's in Gordon's office. Jim Gordon is a doctor at Arkham, and he tries to tell him, "Hey, Jim, it's me. I'm Batman. You know, what's going on here?" And it all sort of unravels, and Bruce Wayne's mom comes in, and. Like, Bruce, you're sick. Don't you remember? And it ends up that Bruce had shot his dad and that Bruce and the Joker were all one and the same person and that he had had this psychotic break and created 
not only the Joker in his mind, but Batman in his mind. And that was this whole story that kind of upended the whole Batman mythos. It's great. Yeah, Jeff Lemire is uh, a really good writer, uh, probably the best Canadian writer there in comic books. There, I said it. I've thrown down the gauntlet. Wow. Yeah, but uh, wow. this is a great psychological thriller, is what I would describe. Not just uh, Killer Smile, but also Batman the Smile Killer. There are two different series that are kind of like one's a sequel to the other. He also, uh, Jeff Lemire also wrote... Um, the question, the many deaths of Vic Sage, which I had talked about previously, which is like a love letter to the Denny O'Neill question. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah, but what I'd like to talk about is the other history of the DC universe. Uh, the They only have one issue out currently, and it is about Black Lightning. And I know it's got to be good because Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning, tweeted about it today, giving it his stamp of approval. It is more of a – it's almost like an autobiography. Uh, It's it's Jefferson Prince telling his story with just different iconic artwork from other comics – being redrawn and reimagined to fit the background. So it's not an actual comic book like this panels, this, this, and that. It's just more of a prose story with images to highlight the prose. Um, And it's very good. And I really like uh, the fact that Jefferson Prince ages in this comic book, like he, as the years go by, he gets older, which is he's one of the few superheroes that actually gets older as comics go along. Most of them always stay the, around the same age, but he's he's gotten older, and so has his children. So, good comic. Highly recommend. Yeah, who knew that uh, minor superpowers also gave the benefit of anti-aging? Yeah. That's oh, I'm, awesome. I'm sorry, it's by uh, a writer named John Ridley. I I am not familiar with any of his work, but I I might start checking it out now that I know about him. Uh, I didn't actually want to talk about any specific um, Black Label comic book. I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on the differences you thought between the DC adult comics and the uh, Marvel adult comics. The one that I'm thinking of in particular was Alias, which uh, kind of really fleshes out... Um, Talking about the Max series? The Max series, yeah. yeah. So there were two different... There there have been multiple lines of uh, adult Marvel comics. Max is one of them. And those series have been really good, too. Uh, but they tend to follow more continuity, right? They're just... That was my thing. I think a lot of these are in continuity. Uh, Jessica Jones is in continuity. She and Luke Cage do have a child together. They did, you know, uh, meet in the in the Max series. So, um, but it was very adult. But yeah. I don't, yeah. But I think that adult comic book was done uh, better in continuity, uh, even though it was a little more fantastic and much more adult than others. I just wanted to know what you guys thought of that. 
I think comparing art is subjective and is a waste of time to try to determine which who did it better, especially when we're talking about different characters, right? If we were talking about, hey, is this Batman story better than this other Batman story? Still, it's it's subjective, right? It's all kind of what it you is. like. But uh, let me narrow it down because maybe I'm being a little too broad with the way I'm introducing it. I like that it was in continuity better than not in continuity. Did you guys like the continuity or the non-continuity better? Well, I, that's, that's yeah, I think that, that you just you just you just split the girth, just like Mike said, right? You just you just turned it into two separate issues, right? So now you have a storyline where, yeah, things are out of continuity or an adult storyline. I, I get that Marvel generally tries to adhere to continuity more than DC, but I think the differentiation – there's I mean that you just gave it a solid differentiation why they, why they shouldn't be apples to apples as a comparison. I, I will say both of the – all of the Black Label stuff that I've read has been excellent, and all of the Max stuff that I read was also excellent. I don't think you have to choose between – if you're a Marvel guy, you can go check out Garth Ennis's Max series. If you're going to read any Punisher story, you should read Garth Ennis's Punisher uh, on Max because that is by far the best. So, I And I will say this. I've read some of the Marvel What If stories that were out of continuity, and, and I like them. Yeah, I, that, that's actually my point. Well, that's that's the point I was going to make at the end was I like the what if out of continuity. I just kind of like the adult ones being in continuity. Maybe it is apples to apples. Maybe it's just my opinion. I just like that we can be adult and in continuity. We don't have to say that adult content is so fantastical that it has to be totally out of continuity. Well, I I mean, that, so I, I will, my opinion is, I don't care if it's in continuity or out of continuity as long as the story is good. I don't care. It, it because it especially um Wonder Woman's a really good example. Wonder Woman Volume 1 and Wonder Woman Volume 2 are almost two different things for me. Like different, you know, she's had so many different origin stories in every version of her so as long as the story is good about wonder woman i don't care if it carries into continuity especially now that you know dc and marvel have both said okay we're gonna reboot like every few years anyway and the stories that you love years at this point because i didn't realize it was that long but yeah no probably not but uh yeah i mean it's it doesn't matter to me as long as the story is good but what i what i think you're getting at tom is a, a practical issue and probably why DC chooses not to do it is they, I would assume, probably think that if they have some of the adult themes in it, it's not as marketable across the board. might be marketable to a certain population, but if they're going to continue to make movies, it's not necessarily going to be the same. Now, Marvel is has shown that they're much more adept in branching out from comics into films and TV shows and all those things, regardless of whether the themes are adult or not. But I think DC is taking the safe route and given the quality of some of their media outside of comics, I'd say that's probably the safe bet. However, I will say this, the three jokers, which I ranted and raved about a few weeks ago, um, there's a big question of whether this is continuity or not. 
Tom, um, excuse me, Jeff Johns, who's one of the big head writers over at DC, totally says, even though this was a black label book, oh, this is canon. Like, you could take that to the bank. Like, this is, I don't care what anybody else says, I believe this is canonical, right? So if he's saying this is part of continuity, he's, he was the president of DC Comics for a little while, right? I'm pretty sure he, he's got some sway over the publisher. And I did vote for him. And he also, by the way, uh, the the Three Jokers was the number one selling comic book of all last year, right? It, it blew everything out of the water as far as sales go. It had a lot to do with there being 40 covers to every issue, but it was only. Uh, uh, but still, besides that, uh, it's it's based off of a continuity where Batman sits in the Mobius chair during the Dark Side War. Uh, and ask who's the Joker, and is like, oh, of course, there are three of them. So it kind of answers all those questions. But uh, even further than that, Tom King had a 75-issue run on the Batman series, which was excellent, and is now doing the sequel, Batman and Catwoman. It's dark label, or black label, excuse me. But is it part of the DC universe or not? I don't know. If it is or not, it may be. It may be just they pick and choose, like, okay, do whatever you want. This is an adult-themed comic. We can take, if we like it, we can make this part of our continuity. I I think DC is becoming more flexible on continuity uh, because they've had so many reboots that they just pick and choose whatever they want. And the, the writer is able to say, yeah, that didn't happen, but this definitely happened to build upon that story. Okay. And Joe Killer's smile certainly could be a continuity because, I mean, it's saying that that Bruce Wayne is both Batman and the Joker, and it's all in his head. It's a self-contained story that says basically all of those stories are in Bruce Wayne's head. And DC has gone to establish that there is a multiverse. So all of these are canon. Just depends on what universe you're in. Problem right. solved. Problem solved. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You, you are welcome. Dilemma for me. Yeah. I'll just. I think I hate. I hate out of continuity as, almost as much as Josh hates time travel. Uh, I'm sorry to fair. say. That's fair. Like the, this, I can enjoy all the stories when I accept them as stories that are on their own. Uh, they're terrific stories. I, I've enjoyed many, many, many of them. Uh, that's why I don't want to talk about any one of them. I, I was having a hard time picking because <laughs> a lot of them are really good, especially the question uh, one. That was really good. I think you would really like the Harley Quinn book. It's, well, I love it's really Potter's. I remember reading yeah, that. Yeah, too, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's why I don't have a problem with out-of-continuity stories, uh, especially a, a title like Dead Earth. It couldn't happen in continuity unless you establish that it is a multiverse thing, because in this universe, Superman and Batman are dead. Wonder Woman killed Superman very violently. I will put that, I will put that caveat on there. If you're a big Superman fan and you don't like watching him get beaten up, <laughs> um, you won't you won't like this book <laughs> it'll it'll make you mad did um, anyone read uh, Gotham Garage no 
No. I like Gotham Garage. It's set in the future. Most of the superhero uh, are bike rider gang people, and Lex Luthor has taken over the world, and it's kind of a fun romp. Totally out of continuity, you know, um, and I really try to get into it because you guys know I like motorcycles. I'm a two-year-old in my head. Anything with a motorcycle on it gets me in it. And Batgirl has a motorcycle, and Harley Quinn has a motorcycle, and Supergirl has a motorcycle, and, like, they're all badasses on motorcycles. It's great. And um, Red Hood is kind of a trampy um, male dancer, which totally makes sense to me, on a motorcycle. Um, and I, I just, I read four issues, and I'm like, this is this is too dumb. <laughs> I can't do it. It's out of canon. I just didn't like it as much. So I guess I just, I, I, I just have a little problem with that. Gotta let go. Let it go. Stacy, you got another one? No, that was it. Um, But I did, I did have one more thing that I forgot to say about uh, Dead Earth. There are some fun nods, especially in issue four, to um, Jack Kirby. There's a couple of, there's a vehicle that pops up, and it's totally a Jack Kirby thing, and it was really exciting to see. (laughs) There was a couple of that in Down the Garage. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it was definitely a Jack Kirby thing. Yeah, I mean, I, was it the super cycle? I don't know. Um, okay. it's, it'd be a whole thing for me to get it out and show you. Um, <laughs> I don't want to slow the show down, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few nods to, to things that have happened in comics before. And that one stood out to me because I love Jack Kirby, so. Anyone have any last words on Black Label? Yeah, I got a whole nother series. I don't know. Let's hear it, bud. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so jumping still in the uh, the Joe Hill horror comics, uh, I read a uh, six issue series called Basket Full of Heads. I loved that first issue. I, I, I was like, Basket Full of Heads. That's that's a great comic. Uh, so the art is by, and I I seriously can't sort this out because there's no space in this name. It's Leo Max. L-E-O-M-A-C-S and I don't know if that's his first name or his last name but that's what he publishes under and if there's something else out there that tells you who Leo Max is go ahead and and, and figure that out he's like Beyonce Uh, yeah and his artwork is like uh, it's it's spikes and valleys like he spends a lot of time and interest on some panels and on other panels I feel like he just gave up like he was just like whatever I'm not drawing eyes in this panel Eyes are for bitches. So, the artwork sometimes, like, flip-flops for me. Um, but the basic premise is a, uh, a young girl falls in love with a guy while she's on this um, uh, this trip to uh, uh, an island off the coast of Maine. Uh, it floods out, and it turns out there's a... He was a uh, federal agent, and there's uh, a bunch of dirty cops on the island, and they're all trying to sort this out. But the main family just happens to have Viking blood in their family, and they collect ancient artifacts, and one of them is an axe that had supposedly bitten into the wood of Yggdrasil itself. And when it kills people, it also grants them the curse of eternal life. So as she beheads people with these axes, with this axe, their fucking heads remain animated and curse <laughs> stay that way. And it is fucking brutal. That sounds awesome. And, oh, it's so good. Because I didn't get to that. <laughs> yeah. 
the main character, she is a tough some bitch, and she just rock and rolls through this whole thing, kicking ass with an axe, and just doing whatever she can to survive to the end of the comic. I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's a great romp. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. It's funny and violent. And I would love, I would love to see this on the big screen. So I already love I Spin on Your Grave. I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, it is a gore romp fest, which is, without the magic part, this. Uh, that's why I kind of like this uh, one. First off, <coughs> I don't have to forgive anything for being out of context. It's just off an island in Maine. Who the fuck knows what's going on in Maine? Right. It's craziness out there. Anything right. goes. I mean, he even references Shawshank Prison. Yeah. So, in the comic. <laughs> so, I mean, anything goes out dad. there. I don't have to worry about uh, a Valkyrie uh, now being on an island out in the middle of Maine. She's probably still there. Who gives a fuck? And it was super violent and fun and gory and its own little thing. I like that one, too. Oh, it's good. It was uh, good. And go see Ice Spit on Your Grave, Josh. If yeah. you think you can stomach it. Yeah. It's uh, tough. It's yeah. tough, buddy. It's it's I mean, hard to watch. It is hard to watch. And the other one I was I, I, I purchased but I hadn't read yet was uh Daphne Byrne. Um and I have to say if you just know the background of this short uh sort of series of six comic issue, uh basically young girl, uh her father passes away, her mother falls in with a cult who basically keeps trying to convince her mother that they can talk to her father from beyond the grave and the cult accidentally as they are just a bunch of jokers uh, does bring an evil spirit nearby who bonds with the girl to get revenge on the people who are who are, uh, are conning her mother um, so I really do want to read this I can't wait to read it uh, and uh, yeah and just look at the four, just look at the covers and you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read that. If you're a horror comic reader, all you need to see is the cover of issue one. And you're like, yeah, okay, I'm in. So that's a great segue for one of the comics I wanted to talk about. And that's currently an ongoing series called Strange Adventures by Tom King. Uh, and he's alternating with artist Mitch Gerardus, uh, his usual partner, and Doc Shatner. And the contrast in the art styles is perfect because it takes a look at the brutality of Adam Strange's colonization, um, and, and it puts it into uh, a new light. Because the old adventures of Adam Strange was, hey, he's a hero from Earth, he goes over to Rand, and now he's going to save that planet and have wacky adventures. But what it but. You question everything, and if even Adam Strange really sees himself in the right manner uh, as to what he was actually doing by involving himself in politics he knew nothing about. <laughs> and just going over there, well, this is the first group that met me, so I'm on their side. <laughs> uh, and so every issue has a, a different cover, either by Doc Shatner who draws perfectly and makes you feel like it's the silver age of comics when you look at his artwork. And then Mitch Gerardus, whose artwork is just grim reality based. And he does the other alternate 
cover and just diametrically opposed. So it is a great series. If you like art and you like to to get into the whole colonization, who's who's the who's on the right side of history? Strange Adventures is the tale for you. And that's a black label? It's a black label comic, yep. It's a normal size comic. It's not one of the magazine styles, but uh, it's a normal size, but really good. LT, you had another series you read, right? I do. Uh, this one uh, is a reprint into the black label. It's Lex Luthor, Man of Steel. It originally came out in 2005, but it was reprinted into the black label. It was by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bern- Bernajo. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. In it, Lex Luthor, in his quest to once again, uh, you know, get rid of Superman, hero, decides that Metropolis needs its own Earth-made hero. So he uses all of his resources to create uh, a woman superhero for Metropolis, and he names her Hope, and has her go out and do all these great things for Metropolis. Meanwhile, he's creating a, a huge science superstructure uh, mega building in Metropolis and it's putting all these resources into it and trying to get it all built on time and trying to get, you know, force unions to do the job under budget. And all of his resources are kind of going towards these projects for Metropolis and, you know, he's being the harsh businessman that he is, uh, and he gets, he gets everything done. Hope is out there. She's doing doing the world, the, the God's work, saving people, being the common man superhero. And, you know, people are like, oh, she's doing great. She's going to get asked to be in the Justice League. And she's like, no, I would never be in the Justice League because, you know, I don't want to be up there amongst – you know, up there, I'm I'm the working class hero. I'm here for the people of, of Metropolis. And Lex Luthor, of course, arranges things so that in the end, Superman ends up killing Hope. And, you know, she's a machine, even though she appears human and she acts human. But he arranges everything so that Superman ends up killing Hope with his laser vision while it's being broadcast to the folks in Metropolis so that everyone can see what what a horrible being Superman is. And it was just a, a really well-done uh, comic book. Lex Luthor being the kind of manipulative person that he is. Uh, you know, trying to do good, but always trying to do it for his own means. Um, you know, he blows up the science building that he's, you know, done all of this illegal back alley deals to get built just so that it can be done for this one particular moment when he can have this creation that he's built destroyed on camera by Superman to prove that the Kryptonian is not our friend. He is not the hero that we make him out to be and that he's not one of us, but he's something else and that we should all fear him 
and be weary of him because he could turn on us at any moment. And it was just, that was a good, good book. Lex being Lex. Yeah, it's a perfect dive into Lex Luthor's xenophobia. And I think it's probably the best Lex Luthor story there is. And he makes a lot of good points. Unfortunately, he believes that the ends justify the means. Uh, So as much as he believes he's the good guy, he's really the bad guy in this story. That's great. Uh, The best Lex Luthor story for me is always going to be Heroes for Hope, uh, where he feeds the world. Well, he tries. He tries to feed the world. I love that story. God, that's a good story. Uh, There's one series I'd like to talk about, and that's the Batman White Knight. If you have DC Universe, it's available there. We had talked about Sean Murphy. He was the artist for Joe the Barbarian. He is the writer and artist of this series. It's got a great premise, um, and I like a lot of the ideas he brings. For example, Victor Von Fries, uh, Fries, excuse me, is... His father was a Nazi scientist who was recruited and brought over to Gotham City after the war, used by the government to help develop weapons. And he has taken on his father's um, science and used that to try to create medicine um, that will help preserve people's lives. He does it for his wife in conjunction working with Dr. Thomas Wayne. So uh, it turns out the Waynes were helping the Nazis, uh, and they've got a very sordid past. He also uh, explores the idea why Harley Quinn suddenly goes from the Harley Quinn from the Batman adventures to the Harley Quinn, uh, daddy's little uh, girl with the, wearing all the sexy clothes and everything. And the idea is simple. The Harley Quinn that wore the Harlequin costume is a totally different person. Joker just doesn't fucking understand it at all because Joker is insane and he just thinks, oh, that must be Harley. Uh, the first Harley Quinn is, was his psychiatrist. The second one is a bank teller who Joker walks in to rob the place and he starts calling her Harley. So she just pretends to be Harley so he won't kill her. Um, so there's a lot of good ideas that he could not do in normal continuity that he's able to do in his white knight series so if you're looking for some good batman stories and you don't want to have to read 40 years of comics to figure out what's going on i suggest checking out the white knight anything by um sean murphy Yeah, well, I'm glad his writing uh, tacks up with his artwork because I, I really, I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the other books he did. So yeah. it's nice to know it, that doesn't always yeah. melt very well together. So that does not. No, there's a lot of you see a lot of the dives in from one direction or the other. Mostly artists trying to be writers and like yeah. Yeah. I can write that. <laughs> can you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it happens, but sometimes it also doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anybody have any other series for uh, Black Label that you want to talk about? Maybe get into a little bit. Maybe take a bit. No, 
but I gotta say, uh, there's a there's a lot on that list that I want to catch up on, uh, not, and not just the stuff we mentioned here today. I know you might, Mike, you mentioned the Road Shark series, which I really I do want to read, um, and it's and it's nice because I'm not a big DC reader, and there's a lot here that um, by both writers and artists that I enjoy. But honestly, at the end of the day, there aren't characters I want to invest all of my reading time into, and I can sort of break away and uh, and get some of this stuff in and. And feel like I, yeah. Uh, I think that you felt about the characters and the storylines. Yeah, I think if you want to read the other history of the DC universe, that one Black Lightning story pretty much sums up all of Black Lightning's career in one book. You get all the high yeah. points of it. Um, it reminded me of. Do you remember Who's Who in the DC oh, universe? Yeah. That, uh, which I we all loved. Say. It's kind of like. Uh, that just for Black Lightning, and I, I think what the plan is is for each issue to be another character in the DC universe, not one of the big three, but kind of telling their histories. Do they have the stat sheet in the back? They do not. No. Oh, I need the stat sheet. Dude, I I have all the DC hardcovers with all the stats. Oh, I the, I the don't have ones. the hardcovers. Oh, the, no, wait, the, what? Uh, there are new ones. Uh, so. Uh, Green Ronin is a RPG company that made a game called Mutants and Masterminds, which was adapted to the DC Universe role-playing game. And there are consistently released volumes of DC heroes and villains with all their stats. So uh, I, I've got a, I think, I think, I think there's six now. I have all six hardcovers with the DC heroes and villains uh, statted out for uh, for New Mutants or DC Universe the RPG. I, I love Who's Who. That's like one of my, that was really one of my favorite comics of all times. Uh, LT was nice enough to help me finish off uh, some of my uh, thing a couple of years ago. I was missing like four, and he brought them over to me. And then I realized at my age, I can't read them anymore because he can't pinch and make them big, <laughs> which is terrible news for me. Uh, so um, does anyone know if Who's Who's on uh, – is it on DC or anything? Uh, I it might be on DC Universe. I will say this. There is a podcast called DC's Who's Who where these two guys go through every fucking page of Who's Who, reading it out loud and talking about it and talking about the artist who drew that uh, that picture and everything. It's it's well worth a listen to. I think I'd like that. I might give that a shot. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Mike, you anything in the front of the long box? Nah, well, I already talked about a bunch of shit. Tommy, you already talked about enough yeah, shit? We're, we're going on long tonight. I don't think we need to go through that. <laughs> Josh, you at least got a quickie tangent for us? Come on, man. I, I guess the quickie tangent for me is that uh, mostly it's the good news that Pensacon has made the stout and responsible decision to delay their convention till sometime next summer, which makes me so happy because I really thought I was going to miss Pensacon this year. Uh, if for our listeners, Pensacon, uh, even though it's in Pensacola, Florida, usually the last weekend in February every year, it is our home convention. We have a great time there. We try to put on as many panels as much entertainment we host we 
We we we do everything we can for these guys. We, we sing, love them. we dance, we seltzer, sing, we dance. Uh, I, you know, we romance, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, people. And uh, I really just hope they move it to a date that we can make and we can all make it. And so my, uh, that's that's my tangent. That's that's as tangential as it gets. Let's just get there. Let's I make was, sure, you guys let's make all... sure the world is seventy percent inoculated, and and let's go, let's go, fucking gather in masses. And hug people we don't know, and get shit signed, and go meet celebrities, and give panels, and just have a great fucking time again in some in some mass aspect. And I cannot wait, and I'm so glad they did this. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. they did this too. I was yeah. holding out hope longer than you guys, mostly out of loyalty to Steve. Steve been Steve Wise, great guy, runs the con. Um, I told him whatever he decides, I'm still going in because I have a lot of loyalty to the guy. But I was really glad to hear that, you know, uh, he was able to come to the correct decision, I think, and, and kick the can down the road a little bit. I mean, uh, he wasn't Pensacola past a city ordinance, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Steve, and I understand it. We're, we're still glad. We still respect the shit out of you. Pensacon is, was probably the last con of uh, 2020. It was oh, one of the very oh, – my yeah. wife was – Because it was the weekend that. before, right? Yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, the week after they called they called the shutdown, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it was either that or C two E two, but that those those might have been on the same weekend. <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah. I think they were last year, yeah. yeah. They might have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy time. I can't wait to where we're 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 reaching into an old bag of clothes and we pull out a mask and we like, Oh yeah, I remember that. What a crazy year that was. I got the con crud so bad when I got back. I had to go get tested for COVID. <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. I wear that t-shirt. Uh, I know we're running long. I'm not going to do a 3 18, but I do want to say this. Uh, after reading tweets for the last two weeks, I'm going to give you, uh, Kevin Sorbo, a solid four. I'm going to give Lucy Lawless a solid 18. Uh, Kevin Sorbo has been on the wrong side of history all week talking about the Patriots storming the castle. And Lucy Loss has been, what the fuck are you talking about, Hercules, you dumb shit? Yeah. Uh, Follow both of their tweets if you want to see how divided. No, just follow Lucy Lawless. Just follow Lucy Loss while she busts on that asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I miss old Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, just uh... (laughs) that. Just unfollow that some bitch. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, I think a four is generous. Yeah. 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 He gave us Zena. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't give us anything. He didn't give us shit. He didn't give us yeah. shit. <laughs> All right. Fine. You guys get past me. I gave it a four. Come on. That's the lowest score I've ever given anything in my life. I gave COVID a five. At least he was trying. <laughs> It's fair. It's You're pleased to keep three inventing it, though. I guess. Yeah. And that'll, I guess, pretty much do it. Let's give a couple plugs. We got nothing upcoming. Wait, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to see what Stacy's got in her toy box. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean... mean it's such a glowing introduction. I don't know how I can follow that. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. excited about it. Um, 
So because cons didn't happen last year, uh, I didn't get to go to a con that I've never been to, but a con that I wanted to go to really badly. Um, and that is a Masters of the Universe themed uh, convention called PowerCon. That happens every year. Uh, last year was the 35th anniversary of Princess of Power. So it was going to be, so they always pick like a facet of Masters of the Universe they're going to focus on. Last year was going to be uh, Princess of Power and I think New Adventures of He Man, which is like the second cartoon that they put out um, in 1990 uh, in the second series of toys. So they sold all of their exclusives online. And so this is the PowerCon exclusive She Ra. Um, they made her as faithful to the old one as they could have, um, and, but also fitting in the new Masters of the Universe Origins line that you can find in stores now. Um, this package is really cool, and I'm opening it, but it's resaleable. So those of you who are mint on card collector collectors, don't freak out. Um, I do open my toys though. So, um, but it has this really cool fold out thing with the original artwork with some extra, like there's Hordak and some of the other characters. There's a comic on the back. Um, they did release She-Ra in the regular origins line. She just came out. Um, but this one has rooted hair and, um, some little bit nicer accessories. So, uh, yeah, so Shira is one of my favorite things ever. So I was very excited to get that. So uh, offline, Stacy, you and I are gonna have to have a chat. So my friend uh, Danny, uh, aka Penny Dreadful, she's a horror host. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I know Danny. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, mean, I we run in the same toy circles, but I, I mean, I've I've I, I, interacted with her. I figured with the times, yeah. with. Yeah. So, oh, if you already know her, then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, she, uh, I've known her for, oof, uh, 30, 28 years, 27 years. That's awesome. We yeah, back. She's like awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, she is. That's funny that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Stacy, where can somebody see She-Ra? Uh, you can see She-Ra, and uh, I need to take some pics of some of the other Origins figures. You can find those on my Instagram. It is at Geeky Vixen. And you all, all word. you also cheat on us with other podcasts. What are those podcasts? I do cheat on you with other podcasts. Yeah, so uh, I podcast with uh, the Retro Network. Uh, you can find that at theretronetwork.com. Um, we, I'm actually recording a podcast um, tomorrow night. We're doing a so we've been doing the Situation Jukebox game. We're we're now doing we're going to do a, a movie quote game called I think tentatively Who Said That. Um, so that'll be out sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I have another podcast. I've been invited to be on another podcast that is in the works titled TBD. <laughs> All right. Hey, and just so you know, we got uh, some new followers this week, uh, both for our podcast and on our YouTube channel. So if you are a new listener and you found us through YouTube, welcome. And if you are a podcast listener who decided to subscribe to our YouTube channel, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, you could go to YouTube dot com and search for the long box guys and you will find our review on wonder woman 84 which has 66 views as of today and we have uh 
our most views is actually on Green Lantern villains. So we might want to do some more videos featuring comic book stuff. We did get one dislike on our video, uh, which I that is totally fair because the the quality of production is not the greatest. Although we had a great time, LT, uh, the video I posted of you. Uh, I love you, brother. Somebody told me that we were being totally mean to you, and I'm like, no, it's funny because we love LT, and he is not actually the producer of our podcast. <laughs> he was just a poor schmuck who we told to record. You were just supposed to push a button. Yeah, which he fucked up. One button! <laughs> I should point out. Hey, but I, I will say um, that to... Tom kept going when <laughs> I was trying to push the button. Um, I was going to say for for those of you who who listened to the Wonder Woman review and uh, stuck with us the whole time, you guys are true blue. <laughs> that was a long podcast, but it was really fun. An hour and a half of talking about a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> If you sync up the two movies and you go fast forward for 20 minutes, it totally sinks. Yeah. And play Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. It says, yeah, do three things. <laughs> or you could just watch The Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, yeah. It's better yeah. anyway. Oh. Actually, just pretend we're doing The Wizard of Oz, but we're talking about Wonder Woman. That might sync up pretty well, too. Speaking about syncing up. I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCracklemusic.com or go over to Bandcamp and download their album two or three times like I did. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> I'm old and I don't understand how technology works. Speaking of technology, we have another podcast over at Patreon.com slash The Longbox Guys where for a mere $1 a month, Hold on a second. For the price of a hand job in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco, unless I you're ready. Another podcast. That's 260 bucks. Yeah, unless you're ready. <laughs> yes, you can for the price of a hand job in the Tenderloin District, and you don't even have to worry about being stuck with a needle uh, when you listen to our podcast. So it's even better than that. Uh, you can go to. Uh, Listen to us talk about all the other geeky things that we were doing on any given week other than comic books. It's called the Geek Leak, but even more importantly, all the money that we make on our Patreon goes directly to the Elizabeth Peabody House to help people eat, which our good friend Tom does good every month or, excuse me, every week. By feeding 80-something families over there. 80-something families and counting. I just got a new freezer uh, brought in to help me with some of the uh, the overflow that I'm beginning. Uh, December, January, always great years for food banks. Everyone remembers their food bank at this time of year. We really appreciate it. And uh, we've been getting some great donations and uh, just helping and feeding a lot of people, which um, you guys are helping us do. So thank you. And Tell us about Tony's company. What's the name of Tony's company? How can they find them? Because they really helped you out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I had this new freezer just jumped off because of some, uh, some either some bad communication or just bad service. They left a uh, $4,000 freezer that had been donated to us just on the curb and uh, of a preschool. <laughs> and uh, we're like, I, I don't think I can move this damn thing. 
Uh, and uh, I said, I called up Tony, one of our patrons who owns a construction and plastering company called Tony Corbett Plastering, or just Corbett Plastering, sorry. And I said, can you send me some goons? He's like, goons? Oh, Tommy boy, I got some goons for you. I'll send you some big old Irish goons. And he did. And I got these uh, big old Irish goons uh, via Central America. And uh, they helped me get that son of a bitch in there. And it uh, I don't know how they did it, but they squeaked it. They squeaked that round peg through my square hole. That sounded way worse. Uh, we sure did. Oh, way better. This thing, there's no way I can figure out how they got it in there, but they got it in there. The door frame was too small. The fridge was too big. We had to remove paneling. <laughs> it was bad. But we got it in there. Good on that. Gold bless Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. And that will just about do us for this week's episode of The Long Box, guys. Thanks again for our Patreon patrons. Thank you for all my good friends who showed it up. One last question. Oh, Tom, you have one last thing? I do. Uh, I would like to uh, also plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com, purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as stained glass prints, t-shirts, baseball caps, socks, you name it, they got it. They got all your geeky things. And uh, and Josh, you have like a bunch of gifts still ready to give because you bought a bunch of extras. I do. We can't wait till like, uh, uh, something comes around. I got something for you. I got a uh, bill. If you're listening, I still got your Christmas presents. I got I got stuff everywhere. Mike, stuff. your Christmas present is here. I got I got everything. Presents are all around. Well, I got I got Mike's Christmas card. I got Mike's Christmas card like right here on my desk. Oh, Stacy, I need your mailing address too. <laughs> Stacy, give everybody your mailing address. I mean, not over there. Yeah, sure thing. It's like yeah. I did have one last question for Stacy. Stacy, what is that tank on the ground over there, on the floor? Huh? What? Behind you is that a tank? What is that? No, it's my dog's basket of toys. Oh, oh. your dog! Look how it looks like a tank in the background. I'm like, are we no. control tank? It's very pretty we're... low resolution over your left shoulder, so yeah. 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 Yeah, I can see it. Well, I can see it behind me. It does look like a tank. No, it's a basket full of mostly dinosaur dog toys. Aww. <laughs> basket full we of got some mostly good crunchy di- sound effects from your good boy. Oh, my God. Did you guys vote on who, which uh, dinosaur you want to be the state dinosaur of Massachusetts? Oh, I, I wrote in Dunkysaurus. <laughs> Come on, Dunkysaurus? I presume they actually want it to be a dinosaur. Yeah, they got yeah. two. Two. Two yeah. dinosaurs that were discovered in Massachusetts, one in yeah. Springfield and one in Holyoke. And they're yeah. trying to name it. I want a Dunkinsaurus. <laughs> I have been to the dinosaur park in Holyoke. Actually, Tom, you have too because we went there when we yeah. froze our balls off trying to go down the Connecticut River in the winter in a metal boat. In a metal boat with, with by the way, for continuity, with extremists, with radical militant extremists uh, who are white supremacists who did not know you were Jewish. I didn't know they were extremists when I decided to go on that trip. So in my defense, I I was just a cold Jew freezing my balls off in a metal boat. But at least it was a dinosaur park. Yeah. And we accidentally went on a two-day rafting trip with radical white militant extremists. How old were you, Josh? I don't know, 15? 15? (laughs) Your your dad's a monster for letting you go anywhere with 
to be at that age, man. What was thinking? <laughs> Child abuse. All right, I will say Pedokiosaurus Holyokanis is yeah. awesome name. Yeah. Oh, we're going with that. Yeah. How can you not go with that? Pedokiosaur? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be my next character's name. This, Mike. Holyoke needs this. <laughs> True. <laughs> Have you been to Holyoke in the past? They got, Holyoke fucking they, needs They're this the shit. birthplace of volleyball. And they need this dinosaur. And they need this dinosaur. They, they only got two things going for them. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll have you know that Holyoke is the capital of volleyball. No one cares. Wait, what? What's that? <laughs> do, you, do you have to live in Massachusetts to be able to vote on this dinosaur? Uh, I don't know. We're not checking shit up here. We don't care. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing I mean, I can checking. Google it. I just thought you might know. I was Given that you live there and you're telling Way people to vote. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No outsiders vote on the official dinosaur. <laughs> I'll yeah. be in the fucking grave, you fucking. Come Stop. on that wall. Stop trying to taint the vote. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to dinosaur McBoat face. I was going to vote for the thing that you wanted because I like it too. I can't <laughs> vote either. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Mm. Well, I'm not moving to Massachusetts just to vote for a dinosaur. If you cared, you would. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Basketball of Dinosaur Toys is my was not was uh, cover band. <laughs> Come on. That's not bad. That's, good, That's yeah. not yeah. bad, guys. Uh, I would have gone with Dinosaur no Jr. But was that was at the Dinosaur Jr. is already bad. Yeah, it's my Dinosaur Jr. cover band. Cover band. Cover band, LT. Oh, yeah. You're doing everything. Or, my, nice or my Captain and Caveman and the Teen Angels cover band. Ah, <laughs> uh, I like that. See, there you go. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's it, good it, pull. Yeah. You know you what? Next week, we're going to talk about the the best Hanna-Barbera characters. Oh. Uh, well, it's Jeff Jones. Oh, oh man. <laughs> All right. All right. We're doing a round robin. Oh, you got to give Mike great, babe. Come on. Don't be a monster, Stacey. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> and with that, we'll say goodbye to our good friends tonight. Thank you so much from the long box, guys. Mike, do you have anything? Uh, what, what is this podcast like to you? It's like a drunk rambling history, but for comics. Damn right it is. Josh? Your house. <laughs> my house is my sector until 70% herd immunity. 70, is that your cutoff? Everyone's got their own little thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. All right, Tommy, how about you, brother? Any words of wisdom for us? Well, you know, I mean, last Tuesday wasn't all bad. I mean, Georgia came through for us. Last Tuesday started out strong. <laughs> Gotta say. <laughs> so... Last week was no bad. Georgia came through. Georgia came through. Stakes, my good, good friend, my new friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lay some wisdom on us. You know, I, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to say, just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> be nice to each other. Be nice to each other. I love that. Let's try to be nice. My wife and I have declared this is the year of extra happiness. 
We're trying to make other people happy, trying to make ourselves happy. Let's be nice. And that goes in with exactly what I say. Don't diss what you hate. Promote what you love. You'll live longer. Thanks from the Longbox, guys.